The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Happy Victory Monday, Cowboys Nation. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are coming live from the beautiful star in Frisco, as I hope you all have a engaged in buying that 50 burger today because that is going to be the theme of our show. I'm Jess Navarro. I'm your host today. Of course, I'm joined by two incredible ladies, Christy Skills and Aisha Morrison. Ladies, the Cowboys sealed the deal yesterday against the Colts, winning 54-19, to a final score. Currently sitting real pretty at 9-3 and and second in the NFC East. So there is a lot to unpack about Sunday, uh, Sunday Night Football uh, that we saw yesterday. However, let's hit it off with an OBJ watch update because he is in the building as Christy had just mentioned and I just want to make sure we give y'all all the updates and that's running through your mind so Christy what have we heard so far about our latest OBJ update? Well of course Mike McCarthy was uh, asked about it uh, same question four different ways trying to extract more information McCarthy just finished his press conference a little bit ago but said that uh, OBJ is actually currently meeting with the Cowboys medical staff and then when pressed as to whether or not Odell will actually go out and have a workout, he wouldn't, you know, uh, commit to an answer on that, and neither would uh, Jerry Jones. But um, we know from last night's uh, post-game conversation that the Cowboys Leadership Council will be uh, meeting with him uh, this evening, and uh, we have also have it confirmed from McCarthy and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones that Odell will uh, be in town overnight and uh, there'll be more follow-up tomorrow. So that's that's the latest breaking news on OBJ at the Star. Thank you, Christy. We appreciate that. And you know what? If I were OBJ after seeing yesterday's win, makes the Cowboys a little more intriguing than they already were for him. So let's get right into it. Aisha, girl. That game, how are you feeling after a a nearly 60-burger, really? I was hoping for a 60-burger. I was being a little selfish there. 40-burger was not enough for me. How are you feeling after that uh, victorious Sunday night football game from the Dallas Cowboys? I was confused in the (laughs) fourth quarter. I mean... Uh, have you ever seen anything like it? No. In the fourth quarter? I've never seen... I I wasn't confused about what was happening. It was more so like, hey, what's going on? Like, (laughs) I was like, what's going on? Because it was turnover, touchdown, turnover, touchdown. And that's what you... The efficiency that you look for in a football team. One thing about the Cowboys that I think is um, underrated is and it's becoming underrated with them and what good teams do well is they have the ability to close out games and put teams away and to turn it up. You know, just that... Let's turn it up. Let's go finish this game. And that's, to me, a lot of it is a mental thing to lock in like that and to finish a game. And that's something I think in the past that we haven't seen from them. There's so many times you like, why? Go finish the game. Go right. just go go put the nail in the coffin, finish the game. And one thing I've seen from them in this, this you know, since Dak's return is the third quarter, fourth quarter, they really have the ability to come out and adjust at the half and put it on teams, and it's there's no questions asked at the end of it. And so I, I think that this is an impressive part that they're adding 
to this to their game and giving you more confidence in them as a team that they can go do that is important. An impressive fourth quarter, indeed, 33 points on the board within that fourth quarter, the third time in NFL history a team has scored at least that many points in the fourth quarter. So making history, Christy, we were all at the game yesterday, but I want to know from the sidelines, what were the reactions from the players during that fourth quarter? What was that feeling like? Can you explain that kind of energy that was just exuding out from the yeah, sidelines? Yeah, well, Aisha hit the nail on the head. Um the old football axiom is that uh, turnovers happen in bunches. Yeah. Take away, but but to have four takeaways in a row, that's amazing. I've never seen that before. But the the best part about being on the sideline was towards the end of the game, watching the equipment managers try and rearrange the equipment trunk behind the Cowboys bench to put all the souvenir footballs in there. They literally Mm. were running out of trunk space because you had Malik Hooker taking home two of the footballs because he had the uh, fumble return for the touchdown. He had the interception. You had rookie Deron Bland with two interceptions, so he kept those footballs. Uh, Let's see, Malik Davis, the rookie running back, scored his first touchdown, so he kept that football. So it's it's pretty hilarious whereas they're like oh man we're that's a great problem to have when you're when you've got too many souvenirs uh, to take home after a win. I love that win. you called it a takeaway too because mm-hmm. I think it's the difference between a turnover and a takeaway yeah but those those were I mean the forced fumble by uh Damone Clark mm-hmm. uh, they, like these things are also too with Deron Bland he's snatching the ball he's yes. like no that's my ball right now. And those are takeaways to me. Like that's, I'm bigger, stronger than you. And this is my ball. And I'm, that's what I'm impressed with. Like this stuff was not just easy takeaways. You know, they, they were forcing these errors. And it's the young guys making these, I'm going to use a, a borrow a phrase that Bill Parcells always used. And that's catalytic plays Mm. games, uh, plays that can change a game or at least momentum within a game. So takeaways are obvious ones. You know, a a big play on offense would would be another. Even on special teams, it may not be a big return. It might be a good hit, you know, uh, to uh, drop a punt returner, you know, and flip field position. But catalytic plays by the young guys. So I'm so glad that Aisha, among the first ones that you mentioned, was Damone Clark because that forced fumble was great. Uh, We didn't mention Sam Williams, another rookie, and he had a fumble recovery. We thought he had a touchdown there. Sam Sam thought he might have had a touchdown. But upon further review, it was correct that he was touched down. But at least it it still was a takeaway. The Cowboys took possession and then ultimately scored. Well, and I think this game was a perfect example of what you get when you balance both being aggressive and being key focused on what you need to do because during that first quarter it looked like a completely different football team from first quarter to fourth quarter I mean 33 points in one quarter who would have thought that that was even going to be humanly possible again uh, I, I feel a little bad for Matt Ryan today. I really <laughs> I do. That is yeah. that's a rough game for him. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know what? I, I think this is exactly what the Cowboys should have done with the amount of talent and the amount of hyper focus that they put, especially in the penalties and the pre snap penalties. We'll talk about that later. But this was a statement game, and not only that, I think it was a breakout game for a lot of those young players to show you, hey, this is my spot. This is why I'm here, and I 
want that ball. I mean, it was incredible <laughs> to just watch. May, may I share a fun moment with you from the sideline yes. pregame? So on the Dallas Cowboys radio network, about 10 to 15 minutes before kickoff, our uh, co-host Brian Broadus and Zach Wolchek, uh, they throw it to Brad in the booth for like keys to the game, some final thoughts, and then they throw it down to me on the sideline. Well, I have all my notes spread out on the trainer's table, which is behind the far right side of the bench. That's where the defensive line sits. So got my headset on, got my glasses on, looking at my notes, ready to share some, you know, inspired things that I've picked up from the coaches and players uh, along the sideline in pregame. Well, Adden Dirty, he's the uh, mm-hmm. defensive line coach. He comes out before the players, the pregame introductions, and he always sits on the edge of that table where I have all my notes. And I'm like, Adam, I think I'm going to go with the Shark Week theme. I have shared this with yeah. the, my th- thoughts before, Shark Week, and with Matt Ryan as the chum in the water. I said, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking of talking about Shark Week for keys to game. He's like, Shark Week, I like it. Let's go with that. <laughs> I can't do the British accent that Coach Dirty uses, but that's exactly what it was in the fourth quarter. And why, Jess, you say that you actually felt sorry for Matt Ryan. Yeah. But the key going in was to – Contain Jonathan Taylor. Don't let the Colts get that run game going. Meanwhile, try and build up a lead and make the Colts have to pass the ball so that you can unleash the pass rushers. And hopefully, with all of the pressure on the quarterback, uh, takeaways ensue. And that's what it didn't, you know, didn't really get rolling until the fourth quarter. But when it did, it was a feeding frenzy. And and Ryan was chum in the water. Oh yeah. man, chum in the water. That is that is a rough Sunday night for for poor Matt Ryan. But Christy, I wanted to talk to you. You about playing with dings and nicks within this team because this team they were putting their all out there those were hard hits I mean the tackling was just phenomenal really from both physical sides game. of the ball very yeah. physical so I wanted to ask you about that specifically uh with players like CD and and J. Ron Curse what were you seeing about the players and how they were playing with those kind of dings and nicks we'll Boy, call them you know CD had had a couple catches in a possession but then there was one where he went this is in the first half there was about three minutes left in the first half he went across the middle he reached up and they call it a rib shot where mm-hmm. a receiver has his arms up and the de- defensive back comes in or it could be a linebacker and delivers a blow to the ribs because the torso is exposed as uh, the receiver is, has his hands up. And that's what happened to CD. Now, he never went in the blue medical tent, but he did come over to the sideline. He was talking with head athletic trainer Jim Maurer. He spoke briefly with the medical staff. But I tell you, um, the next possession – Uh, Jalen Tolbert was out there for CD just for a couple plays. CD did come in on the third down play. He didn't miss any. uh, CD didn't miss any uh, more plays. But you talk about sucking it up. I mean, the guy was in pain, but he still did it. J. Ron Curse is another guy. Uh, recall that he finished the previous game with a shoulder harness because he had separated a shoulder. He's got a shoulder injury. He's playing with a harness all day yesterday, doesn't miss a beat, doesn't miss a play, doesn't miss a tackle or a hard hit. So anytime, <laughs> any point in an NFL season, but certainly in December, mm. these guys, they're all playing nicked up, dinged up. But the way that they are able to set that aside and still go out there and lay it on the line, you know, Donovan Wilson, Aisha, you talk about him every week. More praise for him from (laughs) Coach McCarthy yesterday. He had a phenomenal 
game. Yeah, he was everywhere. Yeah, and so um, I, I just think I just think we need to sit back and and uh, sometimes think about it and appreciate yeah. what these guys are doing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. When you talk about you know dinged and nicked up, you know, as Michael Parsons, what it's like to be dinged and nicked up. Yeah. What they did to him, chipping wise and bringing an extra guy around. I mean, he, to his standards, I'm sure had a pretty quiet night because he was getting chipped and dinged up. But that's just some of the sacrifice that comes with being as great as he is, and it allows other gentlemen to get after it. I felt like the DTs, um, the middle of this defense, Hankins, uh, Osa, those guys played stout in the middle, and that allowed your linebackers to get after it. Tank playing through oh, yeah, Dings and Knicks. He's such – I mean, it's just all hats to the ball. Like, when you talk about the run defense, I know we're going to get into it. When you talk about the run defense, which allowed them to tee off, a lot of that started with the middle of the defense and all of those guys just getting in there. A lot yeah. of, It's not pretty all the time. Sometimes yeah. guys are just falling on other guys. They're just falling into each other. But it's the effort, and it's all hats to the ball right now. And that's I really saw that in this game, this game, and that allowed them to go ahead and rush the passer at will. Yeah, I mean, and again, I'm so glad you mentioned, both of you, that this is part of this game that I think is so underappreciated from these men. The physicality that they come in with day in and day out, they are putting so much on the line to play aggressive, to be physical, but also just finding that balance, like I mentioned earlier, of yeah. staying focused within that physicality. Yeah. And so something else I wanted to mention while we're on the topic of injuries is Anthony Brown, unfortunately, um, with his Achilles injury and, and um, all of that. So, Christy, I didn't I, I was at the game I didn't see this happen until it was pointed out to me but you were on the sideline happened what right in happened? front of me I saw it so it was mm. the 22 I think it was 22 yard it was the screen pass to Jonathan Taylor so Jonathan comes out and he's going down the right sideline where Anthony Brown is uh, uh, covering number 14 so the receiver is when I say making a block, that's that's exaggerating it. You know, Anthony was downfield, and as he turns to go to help make the tackle, the receiver just barely touches his shoulder and just kind of a slight shove, not not much of one at all. But I think it was just enough to knock Anthony off balance. But when he went, he went down, it was just a couple feet in front of the bench. So that's why a lot of people who were watching, certainly on TV, you didn't see it. Even the people that were inside Texas Stadium, you know, didn't really see him limp off. But um, so you can't say it's non-contact because there was just a little a bit little of contact, bit. almost like he was kind of knocked off stride a little bit. But he, Anthony leaned over and he was touching his left. It looked like at first it was his left ankle. He takes about three steps off to get to the sideline, and of course, the medical staff is right there. And the first thing that they're doing is they're uh, if this is if this microphone is the foot, and this is the leg, and this is the heel. When they pinch right here, mm -hmm. just above at the just that above the ankle, good. then that's not good because they're checking the Achilles. Mm -hmm. So I saw that, and then they um, put him in the blue medical tent, and. At my angle on the sideline, I can often see inside the medical tent. Yeah. And Anthony already has the towel over his head. And he's, I mean, literally, his, he's leaning over and his, you know, yeah. his, his head is in his hands. And yeah. so you, you know it's serious. Yeah. And then uh, within three or four minutes, I see the security and medical people on the walkie-talkie calling for the cart. So it's obviously very, very serious. And they take him, uh, uh, the cart comes, they load him up, and Cable Johnson, who's head of Cowboys uh, security there on the sideline, is helping hold Anthony's left foot 
uh, in place as he's being taken off on the cart. Now, during the game, um, I for Cowboys Radio, I said, right now they're saying ankle injury. My fear is that it is an Achilles, and we won't have that confirmed till later or, or uh, tomorrow. But, I mean, I, I knew. You saw it. Yeah, and uh, it's such a loss because Anthony Brown so underrated, so underappreciated by fans and a lot of media, but not by the people inside the star, not by uh, teammates and, and coaches. And he's one of these guys, he always wins the one of the off-season awards. And he's quiet, but he's a leader by example and action. And so this is a big, big loss. And remember, the Cowboys are already without Jordan Lewis mm -hmm. for the season. So you've lost two of your three starting cornerbacks. Deron Bland has stepped in beautifully for Jordan Lewis and played very well. Kelvin Joseph is going to have to step up. We'll see more of uh, Nishan Wright. There's a guy named uh, Sheffield who's on the um, practice squad right now, and I expect him to be uh, signed to the 53-man this week and get a lot of work out on the practice field. Sure. And so with this, too, we'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper into all of this and how this can have more of a ripple impact going forward for the depth within this defense. But, um, you know, I did want to ask both of you all, as far as your initial reaction to this game, what is something that really stood out to you the most out of all the film you watched out of the game, out from the sideline, what is the one thing that you think going forward the Cowboys need to keep the bar up here going forward to help them throughout the rest of the season? Now that we're in December football, we're talking December football, Aisha. The key thing? Yeah. I know. I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, I would say... I would say... I would say maybe just the adjustments. Just, just the ability to adjust I I mean granted the slow starts in the first half are you know somewhat frustrating at times but once the Cowboys figure out what is going on they really get on a roll but I, I, I am definitely just impressed with the second half adjustments on both sides of the ball even with Dan Quinn um I felt like he brought he brought linebackers in the A and B gap like in the second half like he he did more timely blitzes I'll say mm. and um it threw it threw you know Matt off guard. It threw uh, Matt Ryan off guard. But I feel like just the decision making and seeing what's working. You know, Kellen Moore definitely realized like, hey, passing game's there, but it's not completely there right now. Let's get into a groove with this running game. Be physical. Let our guys get their hands on these other guys. And then from there, once that point of attack just was established, like the line of scrimmage was really established. You saw it later in the second quarter. Then things trickled out into the second half, and you saw the dominance there. So the adjustments, just adjusting on the fly and adjusting correctly great and answer. it working. Yeah, mm -hmm. great answer. Christy, what about you? Hats to the ball on defense, you know, and that's yes, that's what creates uh, takeaways. When I say hats to the ball that uh, for a pass rush, that means meeting at the quarterback. right? <laughs> uh, and then on offense – uh, oh, by the way, I thought the run defense uh, did a good job last so. night, too. We talked about it a little bit. We'll talk about it some more. But um, it, when you were given both uh, kudos to the defensive tackles, well-deserved. Uh, offensively, man, especially on those Tony Pollard touchdown runs yeah. and this O-line. Yeah. That's the thing yep. about December football, and we're going to have a couple of away games when you're in, in the playoffs. If you're a wild card team, you know you're going to at least open on the road. And so people talk about December football being able to play outdoors and the run game and stuff. I thought the offensive line, Absolutely. The, some of those yep. holes that they were opening. So uh, to use a Jerry phrase, the arrow's pointing up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a tough yep. D line. 
Like yeah, we, we cost, talked about the, it. Those two D tackles. Yeah. I know that DeForest Buckner gets all the, the kudos and pro mm-hmm. bowls and stuff like that. But that Grover uh, Stewart, he's, he's a good guy too. That Zach Martin was talking about yep. him. I asked him about DeForest Buckner. He says, Hey, this other guy, he's just as good. This is, this is going to be a tough game. Yeah. They yep. had some, they, they, they have, they have some strength up front and Cowboys, I Tyler B. Otters, I feel like, had a great game. He McGovern, did. Tyler Smith definitely got out in space and did some dope things. Like, when he came around that corner, I was oh like, when he's lead blocking, get out of his way. That was the Pollard, out Pollard of his line way. touchdown get run. Get out of his way. But, um, no, you're right. Like, there is – and also, they sprinkled in some Jason Peters later in that yeah. game. Mm-hmm. We'll get There's, into that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But the yeah. versatility is cool. The versatility is kind of dope. Well, I love all of this. It gives me plenty to tease about. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. But coming up a little bit later, we're going to talk about what players decided a 50 burger wasn't enough for the night and that it was time for a new sack record to be broken this is girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger that's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking all things Cowboys defensive dominance in the Sunday night football game against the Colts. But first, let's talk pro shops. This December, the only thing hotter than the Dallas Cowboys, I love that, will be the Endless Cowboys Nation gift options. Visit your local pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and gift the stug and uh Give the gift of the star this holiday season for the star <laughs> of your life. That's where I thought that was going. Yeah, but, uh, yeah um, I think I worked this past game for free because I did my pro shop shopping yeah. and, and tried to get a lot of Christmas done. So. Oh, yeah. You Only know a little bit to go. That's okay. That's okay. I also went to the pro shop and somehow a Christmas miracle happened. I didn't walk out with anything. I don't know how what? that. I know. Wow. I, I know. That never happens. But it's also because I know Christmas is around the corner. I have to save and I have to buy for my family because I've not started my Christmas shopping. Parents, you did not hear that uh, if you're listening. <laughs> but let's go into some stats from the 
Colts game again. Yeah. If you live under a rock, the Cowboys won 54 to 19. Um, and Aisha actually brought this up to my attention because going through the stats, um, not too bad. Sacks allowed for the Cowboys, only one. For the Colts, three. Um, let's see. Let's keep going down. Interceptions thrown by Matt Ryan, three. By Dak Prescott, one. Time of possession. This is something we usually really stress about on the podcast, that in order to win games, you have to win time of possession. This is a uh, exception, <laughs> I would say. Uh, time of possession for the Colts was 31-19. For the Cowboys, surprisingly, 28-41. That was a very interesting uh, little stat line there. Uh, going down the list here, Donovan Wilson having himself a game, as most of the defense did, I would say, as well. Seven tackles, one assist, one sack. Uh, Deron Bland, anything but Bland. And uh, yes, Chris Collinsworth, I heard you stealing my thunder there <laughs> on Sunday Night Football saying that. Uh, four tackles, four assists, two interceptions. Osa Adigizua, three tackles, two assists, one sack. Uh, just going down this list, Anthony Barr, two Two tackles, one sack. Malik Hooker, two tackles, one interception. And I think that is it. And, and uh, I mean, man, what else could you want from this defense? Absolutely dominant of this game. So, ladies, I want to pose the question to you all because we're just going through this. Um, I kind of alluded to this earlier. This was more of a breakout game, I think, for a lot of these younger guys. And so uh, there are names that we mentioned and, and we've brought up. But who do you think overall out of this Cowboys defense had the most of their breakout game to maybe set the standard for what we're going to see for the rest of the season? It's hard not to say Deron Bland, man. Why? Why? It's just hard not to because say. Because he's what? Anything. Oh, my but God. Bland. Oh, pew, 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 pew. You got to let it go. I'm you got to let it go. I'm not going to be like Elsa and let it go. But, he's, but. <laughs> but no, like, it's hard to not say Deron Bland because of, you know, you saw him in training camp, saw what he was capable of, like, man, like, this guy has a nose for the ball. And sometimes injuries happen in this game. Sometimes that's how guys get their opportunity. He was inserted very randomly and as you know started to get his legs under him the nickel position nickel cornerback position is is not an easy position to play and he has to do a lot even in tackling run support I mean and in coverage and he's to me starting to really see the field and get it and I felt like that was on display yesterday he just has such a nose for the ball and I think he's an asset in the middle of your uh, he's becoming an asset in the middle of your defense um, on the back end now yeah Two interceptions, uh, becoming the Cowboys' rookie defender with two picks in a game since Trayvon Diggs. You may or may not know that name, uh, everybody. And Trayvon had that in Philly back in 2020. So, interestingly enough, from a guy who started on the outside, moved inside, very impactful, uh, Deron Bland. Another guy you may or may not heard of uh, with the storylines last week, Malik Hooker. Oh, yeah. Having himself a game as well, uh, his revenge game. If you will, I, I love a good storyline when it comes to that. Christy, what were you seeing from the sideline from Malik Hooker, and what was that energy like? Because I don't want to call it a homecoming. He's he's home. He's he's home, obviously. But when a player plays that kind of game and they have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder, what were you seeing from Malik during the game? Well, it was great that uh, Coach McCarthy went ahead and named him a, a game captain yeah. for yeah. the defense. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yeah. by the way, it was Zach Martin for the offense. He is a native of Indianapolis and grew up a huge Colts fan and was a Peyton Manning uh, fan. That was the era in which Zach, Zach grew up as a boy, as a fan. But um, so those that's the reason why they were offensive and defensive captains. Sean McCune, by the way, was special teams captain. But with Malik Hooker, 
I think, well, the fact that he had the scores is what makes the highlights and all of that. But he has played so well all year, really. And um, he wasn't shy uh, talking about his time in Indianapolis during the week. He had nothing but good things to say. He did not get a second contract after being a first-round draft pick. Uh, he had the injury concerns at the end of his uh, four years with Indy, and so that's why they didn't re-sign him. But talking to him last week in the locker room, he was saying, hey, the, the trainers they, they from Indianapolis, they check on me. They called me this week to check mm. on me. So, um, you know, nothing but good things to say. But did it mean something to him? Heck, yeah, it did. Yeah. Yep. It was awesome. He's and Yeah, yeah. And he is so well-spoken. Yes. Such a cerebral good guy. I hope that folks were listening to the Cowboys Hour uh, last week. He was the guest with Brad Sham and Haley Sutton. Brett Maher, by the way, is the guest tonight on the Cowboy Hour. But um, – <laughs> I, I love Malik Hooker. I just I just love his attitude. I love his thoughtful answers, and I love his thoughtful approach to the game. So yeah. I'm glad it paid off for him, and and he got all the the kudos. I would he, say he getting can... getting a scoop and score. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounded like we're talking about Thanksgiving all over again yeah. with all this food talk. We're talking a uh, nearly sixty burger, a scoop and score. I mean, yeah, an but, interception but... and a thirty eight yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. What a great day for him. But it goes to what we were saying about hats to the ball. So yeah. The scoop and yep. score, it's because everybody's being aggressive, you know, yep. and, and um, uh, following up on plays and stuff like that. That's how you get those kinds of, of uh, scores or takeaways. Now you're, yeah. you're right, though, about his, his personality, his character and stuff. He's really uh, become a leader on this defense. He speaks well, and the communication from the safety position has to be on point, and he actually wore the green dot for a good amount of the season when J. Ron Curse was out. So mm-hmm. um, it just kind of shows you how much trust they have in him. And I, sometimes I forget he's he's 25, you know, 26. He's a young guy. Like, you, yeah. you yeah. forget because of his demeanor and how he carries himself. But he's also another one of these guys that's come to the Cowboys, you know, in this Dan Quinn defense and kind of revamped himself and Achilles is Achilles is not something that's easy to come back from and him for him to come back last year I felt like he was just getting his legs under him but now you see this year he's sideline to sideline he's like side well hash to hash like his dude is flying around and I thought he really needed this game yeah I think this game meant it meant something to him but to for this defense to also take the next step he has to be firing on all cylinders and I really feel like this game he was doing just that this defense taking the next step. I love, love, love that you said that. Do you feel like, both of you, open-ended question, do you feel like this was the game that they've taken the next step and they've officially elevated from, you know, what we already knew they could do, but you see the defensive domination and, and there's more players to even talk about now. Do you feel like this was the game that they take that they took the next step or do you feel like it's been a gradual step forward throughout the past few weeks? I, I think what you said, gradual it's a continuation of what we've seen. That game got completely out of hand with the four takeaways <laughs> in the fourth quarter. I'm not taking anything away from it because it was it was fun and uh, I'd never seen four consecutive takeaways before. But it, it just a coming together of what we've already seen. 
Yeah. So sure. uh, I, I was not surprised by it at all. I mean, after all, I'm, it was it was Shark Week, right? Which is what we wanted all along. I need the Jaws theme music to just yeah. keep playing every time the defense comes out on the field. Now you mentioned uh, we we've been talking about the young guys like you know, Sam Williams, Damone Clark, Deron Bland, like these young gentlemen that are getting playing time. Um, them getting playing time early in this season is starting to pay dividends to what you want to do as a defense and them being able to contribute on a high level when you do have some guys like a tank and some in Leighton Vander Esch, Anthony Barr that are, are a little bit up in age, you know, and not necessarily older, but they do need like this is a long season. Yeah. And when you can insert those young guys and there's not a drop off in play, now you cooking with gas. Because this is the time of year where See we're talking about food today. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the time of year where your depth is very important. And you know, besides that cornerback two position, which I'm sure they're gonna try to get worked out you should feel very comfortable about where they are also this team is starting to really get the system that if the offense they say it almost after every game the offense really understands that if they don't make mistakes and if they play clean football and just do their job there's no overexerting yourself like if the Cowboys just go score the defense is gonna do their thing yeah Yeah. and vice versa and I I, I really feel like they're starting to get that it's kind of like a machine and when I do this for my brother, this happens for me, and everybody wins. And it's, it's, it's something that I like. I, I think people say it in football all the time. Complimentary football. It's so cliche and stuff. But when you see it on display yeah. and you're starting to see it in a more consistent basis, that's when you start saying, okay, this yeah. team can. This team has something a little bit special because it's yeah. locker rooms together, oh, and that's sure. half the yeah. that's half the battle. And to absolutely. Me. And speaking of mm-hmm. a gradual incline, somebody else. I wanted to make sure we give all of the kudos today. Give him his flowers, Donovan Wilson. That's my sir. Yes, my Please, a round of applause for Donovan Wilson and the explosiveness that he had during that game. Mm. I mean. I, I don't want to call it Dono's breakout game because I feel like we've seen just a gradual uptick of his productivity, his physicality, even just the tackling uh, has gradually gotten better. But Donovan Wilson officially has the fourth most sacks by an NFL DB since the beginning of 2020. That tells you something, folks. We are seeing <laughs> well, that's how a, it, it was a, a lot of things it here. It was a great play call, that oh, safety yeah. blitz. But uh, are you guys familiar with the golden whistle? Golden Whistle. Yeah, so that is an award. There are off-season awards where um, it's uh, through the conditioning program, and there are, um, what, about 10 off-season award winners. I have them here in the back of my book. But among all of those off-season award winners, there's one kind of like grand prize for all the off-season stuff. And I will let you guess who the Golden Whistle Award winner was for this past year it was Donovan Wilson there you go and it literally it's coach McCarthy you know makes the final call but you know in conversation with the coaching staff particularly the uh, strength and conditioning coaches of which we have three Uh, but anyway it literally is a golden whistle they give him an award it's a golden whistle it has Mm. his name on it and stuff and so Donovan was so proud to win it and so it's not just like the numbers and what you did with your off-season conditioning program it's also uh, you know leadership character all of the things you know showing and and there's so much buy-in year-round from all the players but uh, I'll mention some of these off-season award winners here uh, for offense Zach Martin Dak Prescott, Terrence Steele, who's won it two years in a row, oh. Connor uh, Connor McGovern. I put Connor McGregor here because oh, I always, Connor because hey, they were putting up I don't a real fight. That's right. They there you go, Connor McGovern. Fight. I got you. Zeke Elliott and Dalton Schultz for the <laughs> defense. Van Der Esch. I mentioned Anthony Brown. <laughs> 
Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, who are both now season-ending injuries. Osa Odigizua. There you go. Uh, and then Donovan Wilson, Tony Pollard, and Luke Gifford on special teams. Mm. So obviously great leaders there, all of the work ethic and character. But out of all those uh, guys, it's it's also has to do with overcoming injuries. Yeah. And I so love that's that. something that, that Donovan has dealt with his first few years in the league. Yeah. I'm partial to him because I'm a Texas Aggie and there you Donovan go. is a Texas Aggie. But yeah, I was glad to see him get that sack because it's kind of like with Deron Bland. We've been seeing it all year, but to make the highlight play on Sunday night football in yeah. prime time, now everybody sees it. Well, and it. I think, too, it's a scheme thing. He is completely bought into this scheme, mm-hmm. and you can feel it. You can see it. You can see that these players are absolutely locked into this Dan Quinn defense. Absolutely, without a doubt. But I wanted to ask you, here's the question of the day, everybody. Is the Cowboys run defense fixed? And I say fixed because I don't think it was ever completely broken here, y'all. I think... It needed some adjusting, but do you think it's fixed? Because how good of a test were this Colt, was this Colts offense for that to really solidify? Because we've been talking about this since Green Bay, week by week by week. Is it fixed yet? Is it fixed? Are, are we seeing improvement? Well, again, that leads to the question. Do you think this Cowboys defense has officially found the fix to ensuring that the run defense is no longer going to be that kryptonite for them? Aisha, I'll start with you. Mm. Well... <laughs> I mean, because I'm I'm impartial as well because I'm one of the people that's like, I didn't know if it was so much broken. It was just that it needed to be tweaked and, you know, guys just need to play harder. We talked about it. All hats to the ball. Tackling was good this game. I mean, they're playing collectively together. So, and also, too, you're getting a lot of help and support from the DBs. Like, these young DBs are coming up and tackling, helping on the edge as well. Sam Williams is actually very helpful in the run game at the edge. Mm -hmm. So... You also see Dan Quinn changing up some lineups, changing up some stuff, trying to see what works and which guys works. But also to this last couple of weeks, you've been without, I think it was Hankins was not Hankins was out. Bohanna was out of game. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, Bohanna didn't play yesterday. Yeah, Bohanna yeah. didn't play. So you're also defensively doing well without having all your guys on the field. So I yeah. will say that this, the idea of stopping the run seems like it is set well with the guys and the effort is there to do it. I mean, 3.8 yards of carry yesterday for the Colts is, is nothing to snuff at. These guys are playing hard. Well, yeah. there you go. And so I hate to cut this conversation short, but ladies, there's just so much to talk about today. So we have to go to break. But coming up after the break, we're breaking down the Cowboys offense and how their focus on pre-snap penalties help them out. That's coming up in just a bit. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) 
Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are breaking down all things Cowboys Colts, but first let's talk holiday camps because tis the season for Dallas Cowboys holiday youth camps presented by Invisalign. Registration for one-day football and dance academy camps are now open. Don't miss your chance to send your little athlete to camp at at t Stadium on December 20th and 21st. Register today at dallascowboys.com slash academy. Your little athlete. Yeah, well, I am... The end of the day is a is a game, and the cheer our little our DCC Dance Academy, mm-hmm. and that by the way it's taught by the real uh, Cowboys cheerleaders. But they come out, and for we have a pregame ceremony, we have halftime, and then I call the game for the yeah. football. So if you're bringing your little one uh, out to football academy, you'll have a chance to come on the field after the game. So Sounds please fun. please be sure and come up and introduce so yourself. I'd love to meet you. We're prepping some Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and some future. Cowboys players is what exactly. it sounds That's like. That's exactly what it is. Well, let's talk about the Cowboys offense. They had 385 total yards, 165 of which were passing yards, 220 of which were rushing yards. They were averaging 5.9 yards per play, uh, 23 first downs within this game, third down efficiency. I could get into this, but we won't for time's sake. Seven out of 13. Um, total plays 65. And uh yeah, we're going to the next page of stats here. Hello. Uh, rushing yards. Tony Pollard had 91 for 12 carries, averaging 7.6 yards a carry, of course, having two rushing touchdowns. Zeke, 77 yards with 17 carries, averaging 4.5 yards a play. Uh, one rushing touchdown for him. And then the running back glory continued. Malik Davis having himself his first career touchdown, uh, rushing touchdown that is 29 yards for three carries. Going down to receiving 70. Uh, excuse me, CeeDee Lamb had 71 yards, uh, averaging 14.2 yards a carry, one touchdown for him there. Michael Gallup, 23 yards within this game, touching the ball four times, uh, averaging 5.8 yards a carry, and having himself two touchdowns for some Sunday night football feast uh, there. So, ladies, I wanted to get into uh, the Cowboys' offense and – Breaking down the run game and the pass game, something specifically that I wanted to talk about with the running game was that this is the first time in Ezekiel Elliott's career that he didn't start uh, in his career. And Christy, I wanted to pass that over to you to kind of talk about that and what we heard and and why Tony Pollard got that start first. Yeah, we talked about Pollard being out there on the radio broadcast. And and so Brad and Babe are throwing it down to me. It's like, uh, everything okay with Zeke? Why is Zeke not starting? So I'm checking, making sure that it's it's not injury-related. It was not. And on the sideline, they weren't saying anything about disciplinary uh, reasons as to uh, why Pollard started and not Zeke. It was actually uh, Jerry Jones and his 
his post-game press conference that said it was uh, discipline-related uh, in terms of uh, Jerry referenced uh, meetings and uh, cell phones. Hmm. So it could have been cell phone going off, but uh, Mike McCarthy was asked about it uh, about an hour ago in his Monday afternoon press conference, and Mike McCarthy said those are things that stay in the locker room. But but the, funny, the funniest yep. thing was about 15 minutes later towards the end of the press conference, our PR director, I, Tad Carper, yep. his cell phone goes off. <laughs> and so we, all of us in the media are joking. It's like, oh... Oh, there's a fine, or oh, oh, you're benched, you can't start. And then Mike McCarthy uses the line from Jerry Jones' post game last night and says, "I would have been more lenient." Oh, and it was the greatest line. It was hilarious. Mike McCarthy feeling so he, comfortable in these press conferences. He's got really a great, great sense of humor. He yeah. really does. So staying on the run, the run game, and I only wanted to bring that up just to show not an injury thing, right. but again, it's an accountability thing, which is another theme we've heard a lot from this Cowboys uh, locker but room. But the thing about Zeke is he'll never mope about it. There you You'd go. never know. Yep. He is such a great uh, teammate. That's something that Mike McCarthy also talked about, yeah. too. And, uh, you know, there's not a harder worker or higher football IQ guy or better teammate. Than Very Zeke. important to note there. Um, Tony Pollard also having himself a game, um, finished with 106 scrimmage yards and leads the Cowboys with six games of 100-plus scrimmage yards this season. So that's exciting there. Um, and, again, we're cramming all this in because we just get so excited talking about these games. Past game, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Hello, gentlemen. Have, have yourself a night. Go celebrate and have yourself a, a 50-burger because y'all absolutely deserve it. Uh, something I wanted to ask both of you uh, is about the O-line and how important the O-line stability and strength really played out in this game. Aisha, I'll start with you on that. No, for sure. Um, we talked about it earlier. I thought the offensive line definitely came out and established themselves. Um, towards the second quarter, they really started putting their hands on those people, <laughs> putting their hands on the other guys. And I felt like they were winning at the line of scrimmage. They were just so powerful. I mean, Zach Martin was moving people around. DeForest Buckner is not a guy that's easy to get his hands to get his to get your hands off of. And he really seriously drove him down. They got to the second level. Um, and that eventually opened up the pass. I, I thought they were also smart with how they um, passed the ball once they got into a rhythm. C D Lamb CeeDee Lamb is really emerging as that receiver, as yep. that dude. And when he came that in. tuck and roll? Oh, yeah, Hello. absolutely. On, on that play, it was such, I mean, it was third and ten, if I'm not mistaken. He third said and stop, 10. drop, and roll. I'm on yeah. fire tonight. Third and ten, <laughs> your, guy, your quarterback needs a play. Someone stop me, please. Yeah, I mean, your quarterback needs a play, and he comes out there. Kellen Moore also did a fantastic guy job getting him in space. Like yeah. CeeDee Lamb is a yards after catch guy. He's stronger than what he looks. He's hard to tackle. And he was put in positions in this game to really get out. And we got to see his athletic ability yeah. and what he's capable of. Michael Gallup, that fade was beautiful. You could tell that Dak cared about that throw. He really put he he really put it, you know, put it exactly where it needed to be. And the the other T D is just a scramble drill. And that's just mm -hmm. your that's just just your your wide receiver not giving up on the play and you know so you're seeing some good things from those guys surprisingly though I don't know what your thoughts are I was actually surprised that the tight ends weren't so involved 
Well, I think it was with just the receivers. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, in in which way? Because we know I, they're very versatile. It, I, it, <laughs> it, it's matchups. Yeah, it's matchups. matchups. And yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It was just there was more downfield opportunity yeah. and just better uh, matchups with the wide receivers yeah. and not having to rely so much on the the tight ends with the um, blocking and. Uh, there you go. I want to say one more thing on offensive line. I'll make it real quick. All right, because um, we are running out of time. T- Terrence, we love this. Terrence Steele and Tyler Biotish spent their day off last two. Tuesday. Um, I emceed it, but they were with the new president and CEO of the National Medal of Honor Museum, uh, Chris, who is a former Navy SEAL and astronaut. And we were at the Medal of Honor Museum Display Center in Arlington with Nolan uh, Junior High in Arlington ISD, and then uh, virtually with a junior high outside Fort Hood. And they were talking about character, commitment, things that are represented with the uh, Medal of Honor recipients. And so uh, if we're talking about offensive line, I want to talk mention Tyler Biotish and Terrence Steele for spending their off day talking to kids about these important things. Beautiful, Amazing. beautiful, beautiful stuff. And we love that on-the-field glory, but we also love the off-the-field work as well. So great mention there, Christy. Also want to give kudos to the Cowboys overall for fixing uh, those pre-snap penalties, putting focus on that because y'all there know I'm the queen of it. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. Here's your pun of the day for this. Oh, God. This 50-burger, nearly 60-burger, was very dry with the mustard on the lettuce and uh, just a lot of extra yardage on the side. Oh, Oh my gosh. I know, y'all. All right. Can I can I upgrade to sweet potato fries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You can upgrade. You, you can definitely upgrade. Well, ladies, I love doing this with y'all every Monday. And it's always so much fun that uh, you give me the platform to put my puns out in the world. And uh, Chris Collinsworth can steal that one next week if he there wants. There you go. Stealing. Just stealing. <laughs> but, uh, yes, thank you, ladies, so much for joining me. As always, it is so much fun talking all things Cowboys football with you. We will be back tomorrow. So, for Christy, Aisha, I am Jess. We will see you tomorrow for even more Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday and go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?